You are listening to Two Drop Tables and a Microphone, an information security podcast with a Canadian perspective and the only tech podcast with a three-drink minimum. We are the place for information security news and how it affects you as either a security professional or a general consumer. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and our guests are solely their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of their employers, past or present. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Two Drop Tables and a Microphone podcast. Uh, here with me, I have Mark Speed and myself, Dom. Hello. And last name, you don't need to know. Hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what we're going to talk about today is uh, crack. That's a big one right now. Uh, WP, uh, basically, key uh, reinstallation attack. Uh, the new WPA2 uh, attack uh, vulnerability or uh, exploit. Uh, okay, uh, but first, before we talk about crack, uh, we're going to talk about Blueborn, uh, the Blueborn um, Bluetooth vulnerability, where uh, you can attack anything from uh, Android phones to uh, your watch or uh, whatever Bluetooth device uh, you may desire. Then, uh, lastly, we'll talk about uh, some new 3G, 4G vulnerabilities uh, out there uh, that are affecting the IoT world. So uh, let's get rolling here, and uh, let's start with uh, Blueborn. Uh, Blueborn um, uh, is uh, basically a Bluetooth version, uh, Bluetooth, a set of Bluetooth vulnerabilities that could be exploited. Um, uh, to basically gain information, take over Bluetooth devices. Uh, your, it could take over your Android phone. Um, can be uh, used to uh, basically create a botnet from uh, Bluetooth devices, uh, if you will, if you are so inclined. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, this uh, especially affects the uh, IoT world uh, because uh, a lot of IoT uh, devices use Bluetooth. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's something that uh, this uh, definitely is uh, what uh, everyone out there who uh, has a lot of Bluetooth inv- uh, devices in their environment should be worried about. So uh, let's. Uh, so it is. It is interesting to me that uh, Blueborn is uh, is is not just one vulnerability. It is a set. Now this is this is one of the main themes about this podcast is that we're not dealing with just one vulnerability vulnerabilities anymore. We're dealing with sets. And uh, that's the thing about Blueborn. Blueborn is a set of vulnerabilities being used uh, together to exploit systems and to basically, you, you can use it to exploit numerous systems on your own or create a botnet or create a, a worm that uh, pivots from one device to another. So yeah, I mean, uh, you, could, uh, you could have it uh, jump from uh, one device uh, using one exploit and then uh, have that uh, worm uh, exploit another BT, uh, Bluetooth device using another exploit on this list of Blueborn exploits. So it's it's very very interesting, but scary at the same time. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, definitely check out the show notes because I'll have links there. But on the Armis blog there, where they talk about Blueborn, the videos are just really really intense. Like someone's iPhone is just sitting there. You know, on their desk, looking at them on a little stand, and all of a sudden, the hackers turning on the camera and doing mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff, and the exactly. person has yeah. no idea it's happening. Yeah, you got to be with a Bluetooth range, but if you're in a coffee shop, if you're sitting in a university campus or something, there's hundreds of people in Bluetooth range. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the other thing too. Like you could, uh, you can go. You know, some hacker could go in there, have a blue uh, blueborn uh, uh, worm ready, and just uh, sit down. Uh, you know, and uh, you can go to Vancouver, especially Vancouver is a very target-rich environment, by the way. Uh, you could go to any coffee shop in Vancouver, just sit down, hit a button. You know, uh, on the uh, on some code that you've written. And then it'll go out there and try to attack uh, other uh, Bluetooth devices in its vicinity. And nobody wouldn't even be the wiser. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, so well, for vulnerabilities, so this is sort of any Windows, Android, uh, Android sorry, or Linux device that has okay. Bluetooth enabled that isn't patched. Exactly. So then, Windows got patched, iOS got patched, so you have to upgrade. So uh, this is sort of... and. You know, when we get in a crack, it's sort of the same thing. There's a whole set of devices um, that aren't getting patched anymore. They're exactly. old versions of the iPhone or Android, especially. You know, it could be a newer version of a phone, but it might not only be supported for a very short period of time. Like some of these junk, low-end Android phones, they're never updated. Yeah. And a lot of them don't do OTA updates either. You need to like plug them in via USB and run some shitty updater on your you know computer that downloads the firmware and pushes it over ADB or whatever, and it's like, oh, it's just brutal. Like, these things are just, they're all, they're going to be out there for years. And that's the thing. Why would anybody want to do, it's like, if, you have to make it easy for people to patch, if uh, it comes yeah. down to is Because if you don't have uh, people patching these things, I mean, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be enough people out there who don't patch their, who, who don't patch their shit. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to come through, um, and uh, guess what? You're going to lose all your credentials. You could probably lose all your banking information. Uh, an iPhone like or uh, an Android phone or whatever has a lot of data on it, a lot of personal data, a lot of uh, uh, banking. You know, even a lot of people do banking information. Just uh, yeah, you, know, you got Bluetooth or stuff this way. I think Bluetooth as a whole just needs to die. We need to rethink it. Like there's yeah, it's it needs more handshakes, more encryption, more better, better. Um, it, it needs to die, and yeah. something else needs to come in its place. Well, there is, uh, what was it, uh, enhanced data mode. There's, uh, um, uh, what was it with Bluetooth? There's, uh, there's, I think they might be coming out with Bluetooth 5. I'm not sure what the time frame is for that. But as it stands, here's the other kicker about Bluetooth. If you think you're, if you think you're non if you think, oh, my Bluetooth device is non-discoverable. Well, I'm sorry, but... Uh, uh, it might still be uh, discoverable, quote unquote. Yeah, that that's very interesting too. Because I always assumed if I'm not on like the Bluetooth setting screen, nothing can attach to my phone using Bluetooth, and that's <laughs> not necessarily true due to you know certain exploits. But I, I don't know. It's it's scary because it's one of these things where you can't realistically expect a company to support devices indefinitely. Mm. Um, but telling a consumer that their $500 phone, like after three years, bitch it. It's not safe anymore. Yeah. You buy a webcam. Like I have webcams here that are like four or five years old. I'm like, I just got to throw this away. Like I, I, I go check firmware and it's like, oh, you're running the latest firmware and it's from 2016. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. This right? is in the, just this like, is in the bin now. Like I have to, th but I'm, at least I'm smart enough, I think, to, to go and check firmware updates every once in a while and then i'm seeing the firmware update not get renewed and it's like over a year old and i'm like 
well, I have to throw out this camera and get a new one because yeah. this is no longer safe. But who else is doing that? Like, I'm a, I'm a security nerd. I live on this shit, right? Yeah, but exactly. no one else, like I don't know anybody in the consumer land other yeah, than some tinfoil like hat sort of weirdo is, is doing that, right? Let alone Wi-Fi routers and stuff like that, right? Like, I know oh. it's not Bluetooth or getting off top of a kit, but, you know, there's so many things out there that are just, yeah, there, there's no way to patch them. No one's going to push patches out. And I don't really blame businesses past a certain point. Couple and years then the so, other thing but... too, the other thing too is uh, businesses tend to, uh, it could be businesses out there tend to uh, hold on to their devices or old devices. It could be six, seven, eight years old, and they'll still be there because they don't want to pay for updating new devices. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like why, uh, you know, they or they, they're like, oh, you know, we don't seem to have a problem with this. Okay, let's just, you know, because or uh, that's going to cost like hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to replace. So uh, let's just uh, uh, not worry about it until we have to worry about it. But then that might cost you like five times more. So I might want to rethink that decision. Um, and the other thing too is uh, it's, it's it's scary what's coming out now. I mean. Things are coming out like uh, uh, basically it's like a torrent right now. Like I'm seeing, I'm hearing about one vulnerability after another, after another, after another, after another, and that's only going to increase. I remember hearing about what was it like five years ago or eight years ago? Only one vulnerability. You hear about this one massive vulnerability, like Configure, for example, yeah. or the you know the MS zero eight zero dash zero six seven vulnerability. Around, configure. configure it's still and, around. And it's still around. Yeah, and and, and uh, but now it's like. It's like uh, you hear about Blueborn, uh, Crack, which we'll be talking about next. That's another set of vulnerabilities, by the way. And then, you know, there's a whole host of other vulnerabilities. Uh, something definitely we'll be talking about in our next uh, podcast. It's, it's just insane, the torrent of vulnerabilities we're seeing now. Yeah, there's a lot out there. There is. So let's move on to our next uh, set of vulnerabilities. By the way, your Wi-Fi router is now on Crack, also <laughs> known as the key reinstallation attack. Uh, that affects all WPA2 encryption. And uh, what a, well, the first thing I have to say is, is like Blueborn, these are attacking, I mean, uh, basically, these are attacking uh, poor implementation of uh, whatever the software or encryption. In this case, a crack, it's attacking the poor implementation of uh, WPA2. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 huge. If uh, somebody decide, if somebody like, which will probably come out, like uh, somebody could just write a write a write a uh, piece of software that okay, I can just exploit. Just type it in like aircrack ng, and boom, I can exploit uh, all WPA2 uh, routers or uh, any route any any Wi-Fi router with WPA2 encryption. Only yeah, if it's Android. Oh yeah, it's Don't, only it's Android because I know I know uh, Windows was patching their systems. You're getting quickly. close to the FUD line. I'll complain about later. <laughs> hey man, I know. But yeah, yeah, the FUD line. Yeah, that's true. Actually, the thing about the FUD uh, thing about it is, is that crack right now. I'm talking about the future. I'm just talking about the uh, potential and speculation. But here's the thing. Uh, right now, crack uh, is not that easy to exploit. It's uh, you got to have uh, some pretty good technical knowledge to uh, be able to exploit it at this stage. Sure, um, but who knows what's going to happen down the road? Yeah, I think you know the single most important piece of information that should go out with this reveal and with this vulnerability is that you know your Wi-Fi is only as strong as your weakest link. Now that this is exactly. discovered, right? Well, uh, so if you have some relatively ancient 
which isn't and that relatively is only a couple of years, you know, it won't be patched. WPA2 IoT devices on your network, like a Nest or something, right? Um, mm-hmm. If that is vulnerable, then your network as a whole is toast. So yeah, it, exactly. it's getting to the point now that there's so many devices out there that effectively, like as we're discussing, they're unupdatable. Yeah. Um, I could think of That's like half a dozen off the top of my head between like dash buttons, Wi-Fi enabled, oh, the hobby yeah. microcontrollers, cameras. IP cameras, yeah, on and on, right? Yeah. But here's the thing too. Like, I mean, some of these IoT devices, they can come out and then within three years, they they will no longer support them. And that's shocking. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, okay, I have a light bulb, for example, that's, uh, let's say a Wi-Fi enabled light bulb. You know, I mean, in two years, that's going to be unupdatable. Or you have uh, you have uh, something else like that's uh, Wi-Fi enabled, like, uh, yeah, your phone, right? Most people, you know, they, uh, they might not have their phone for two or three years. But then... You know, I mean, it's, uh, and they're like, okay, well, we're not going to bother, let's say Samsung. We're not going to, uh, Samsung's not going to bother updating your phone anymore because it's it's old, right? They got like two generations ahead after three years. So why bother updating your phone now? Well, that's a problem. And then you decide, oh, I like my phone. I want to keep it. Well, that's a problem for you because uh, now it's vulnerable to crack or whatever vulnerability, you know, comes to mind. For sure. Right. Between this and the Bluetooth, Blueborn stuff we were talking about earlier, like IoT devices and anything like IP cameras and stuff. Like I'm looking at some of my stuff and I'm just going, well, I have the guest network yeah. on my router. If you get a decent router, like it doesn't even have to be a small office, home office one. Like any decent router now have a, a guest network. I'm going to throw it on that. It can't get to my main network. It can still get out to the internet. Uh, UPnP is turned off on my router. So yeah, I'm, that's I'm a big fairly, one. I'm fairly confident. Um, those, um, I'm nerdy enough though that I have like a Raspberry Pi that those IP cameras dump their images to, and that so Are I could put all Pi-hole that stuff or something. Or no, I just have um, a couple like just utilities, whatever that are built for Raspberry Pi for. Um, I just I I needed a computer, and I figured why I have a whole computer to just take the images from these cameras and like email me when things move and all that sort of shit when you can run it on a raspberry pi and just makes a lot more sense uses no power yeah exactly what well, the other thing too but uh, but is that that's the other thing like uh if even even if your your networks let's say you have these devices that are, are vulnerable to crack you could just put them onto a, let's say a vlan network if you are able to do it and uh uh so essentially if somebody tries to break into it that's all they'll see they won't get into your main computer system. You know, yeah. they won't get into your main computer. You're still or your able phone to join the botnet to have, you know take down DIN DNS and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Take down Reddit. Yeah, so there's still problems there, but it, it at least yeah, they're not getting data, your but, but, stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not getting your data, but uh, yeah, they can still DDoS. They can still DDoS uh, some like a large organization or uh, or somebody like Krebs, for example. Yeah. Can we talk about the FUD? associated with this one for a bit oh yeah i'm hearing a lot so we of talked fun about with that last episode about the overreaction to things and yeah, the fear I, uncertainty and doubt yeah, by the way thank you yeah. um so there's people like who's vulnerable everyone pretty much yeah. i'm like 
on some blog. I'm like, no. And another one, you know, the hacker only needs to be within range of your Wi-Fi. Your neighbor's teenage kid is going to be downloading and running a tool to eavesdrop on all your packets. I'm like, no, it's never going to happen. <laughs> never. No, it isn't. Ever, ever, it isn't, ever. Right? Until quantum computing or something, it's never happening in a clickable yeah. tool. And, you know, be worried. Sure. If you have IoT devices that are running probably Linux um, and Android phones that run mm-hmm. Linux, right? Um, everything else, patch it, you're fine. If you're running Windows, you're already yeah. fine. If you have Windows update, if you're running iOS, update, you're fine. If you're running Android, you get an update, you're fine. The, mm-hmm. all, and even those other systems, uh, other than Android and Linux, you were okay. Um, the WPA2, the crack exploits still happened, but they weren't actually able to to, to decrypt packets sort of like on the fly. So I, yeah, I think yeah, it's, um, the next next door neighbor's kids never going to have a one button click for anything but Android and Linux devices that didn't yeah, get patched. Yeah, that didn't get patched. And actually uh, with Android, that that worries me with Android because, uh, you know, uh, I'm not talking about uh, and with Android. It's uh, they don't get patched all that all that uh, often. So, I mean, uh, it's. Uh, yeah, if you're on the ball with your Android patches, like uh, then no problem. And that's one thing that uh, I, I believe that uh, people should should uh, check. You know, like check like once a once a week or something. Even I mean, uh, make sure that uh, everything is patched. Right? It's just uh, just go to your data settings and just uh, um, and you know this is check for updates. Uh, whatever the phone you have, some phones are different than others, and uh, you just uh, click on whatever, and then it just will update. And make sure you're connected to Wi-Fi, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps uh, but, if I can nerd out for a little bit, I can explain a little bit about uh, what Crack does and why yeah. a one-click script kitty app your neighbor's teenage kid is using is not going to happen and why it's sort of not trivial to get your traffic yeah, it's, decrypted it's unless you're running Android or, or old versions of Linux stuff. I'll try to be brief and not too super technical, but um, all WPA networks use a four-way four-step handshake to create a new session when you authenticate. And every time you connect to an access point, this happens. So what Crack does is it tricks a victim, um, which is not your router. It's going to be your laptop, phone, whatever. Yes, yeah, so it, it basically t- targets the client. Yeah, it targets the client and gets tries to get it to install a key that it's already used in a previous handshake. So... The messages as a part of the four-way handshake aren't encrypted because you haven't. The part of the four-way handshake is determining what encryption key you're going to use and all this other stuff, right? And and setting like you know your your password to connect to the Wi-Fi and all that stuff. So your this stuff has to be viewable because neither ends have negotiated how they're going to deal with encryption. That's what the four-way handshake is for. On step three of the handshake yep, is comes. where the key comes. So what crack does is for whatever reason, you can replay the third step of the handshake where the key is sent. Now this is because packets could get lost and dropped because of poor Wi-Fi or whatever. So when the, what crack is doing is saying reinstall, like use this third key, like, Third, sorry, yeah, third handshake nonce, key right? again and again. Here. Yeah, so after the reinstallation of a key it's already used, um, depending on which protocol is used for encryption, an attacker 
might be able to decrypt and in some cases even modify and resend packets. So the way that it works is with the encryption is you basically if you use the same key to encrypt text over and over and over again, if you have the same text you're encrypting with the same key, it would be the same. So your encrypted text would be the same. So if you looked at something that happens all the time in packets you're sending on the internet, say the characters HTTP, those would show up as the same encrypted characters over and over and over. So eventually, with enough computing power, you'd be able to determine what the key was by yeah, working yeah, your way backwards. Yeah, determine what the pattern is, right? Yeah, so the way that WPA2 deals with this is there's the key and a nonce. The salt. Yeah, which the basically salt is salt, or the nonce, right? yeah. So with this key reinstallation attack, not only are you... You don't know what the key is. Like, you can't encrypt and decrypt the traffic. But you know when you tell it to reuse a key it's already used, that it's going to be the same as something. And it also resets the nonce to zero. So you know what the nonce is. Um, so it's one of these things where if you know the nonce and then you're back to this point where you know one of the two pieces so you can find something that's likely in the plain text like HTTP or whatever and just sort of work around and work your way back. Like you can... Um, you can figure it out. It's not easy. So anyone who's done like Wi-Fi hacking before, you understand the concept of IVs, like the initialization mm-hmm. vectors. So that's the yeah, initialization yeah. vectors. So and WPA encryption is secure as long as no IVs are repeated. And that's right. If you're repeating the knots over and over and over again, then it's it's no longer secure. So if the knots is reused, and I send the data of, say, the word password, because that's my password for everything, my encrypted output is going to be the same if well, I reset the nonce. Is it 12345? I thought it was 12345. No, it's Hunter 2. Um, oh, okay. so, if I, yeah. <laughs> so send the data of Hunter 2, the encrypted output of that is going to be the same if the key is reinstalled and the nonce is the same. So they are essentially able to then, like, it's copied, this is where... Long story short, this is where it's coming to the point where I've run the attack, and I know um, that the, what the nonce is, and I'm seeing still gobbledygook encrypted text, but it's always, like, I'm able to do patterns now. So if I send the word password in this packet and another packet, that'll be encrypted the same. So it's very computationally intense. It's academic. Mm. It's it's yeah. not difficult, but it's certainly not trivial. It's computationally very intense. Um, you need to know at least some of the plain text that's in a couple of these packets. It's going to happen over and over again. Um, once we have it, then we can sort of start encrypting and decrypting data on our own. Yeah, then it, that's that's the thing. But uh, I mean, um, it comes down to this. I mean, there's a lot of talk of crack. A lot of lot of talk. And but you uh, you can see as Mark alluded to. It's not that easy. You I mean you got to be you got to be technically savvy and have a lot of computing power at your disposal. But the thing is, is that every time there's a vulnerability that comes out, people are like, "Oh my God!" It you know it gets on the front page of the news or whatever, right? The thing is, at the end of the day, it's not it's not something you should be really scared about because if if you understand, if you have to, if you look behind the the news article. Then you can think. Then you see. Okay, this vulnerability is not. It's not going to be easy to exploit it. 
So maybe I shouldn't worry too much about it. But flip side of that coin is that does not mean you should not. Oh, I'm uh, should not patch your devices. You need to patch your devices regardless. Sure. I mean, WPA is bro- WPA two is broken. Like it's it's yeah. broken. It's just an academic exercise to get data out of it. It's not easy, but it is broken. Um, I guess I'll say, luckily, Windows, as per usual, and iOS in this case, didn't follow the WPA spec properly. So they were, say, less vulnerable. the implementation. Less vulnerable to these attacks. Um, according to all the tests that have been done in the paper, Windows and iOS didn't weren't really affected because they weren't doing things right. Microsoft, that's... No, it's pretty. They do that all the time. They have a lot of resources at their disposal. Yeah. So, so I mean, they Linux, however, in this particular case, which was interesting, they tried to protect against funny stuff happening with the keys, but there was a bug in that code, and this is where crack gets really bad. Is there is a bug in WPA supplicant, which, when you try to do a key reinstallation attack, resets the key to all zeros. So now you don't have to do a brute force crypto attack with bit shifting to figure out what the actual you know, text is. You know the key is all zeros. Yeah. And not only can you decrypt stuff, but you can forge packets now. Yeah, exactly. So that's where it's now. particularly dangerous. So that's where if you're running Android or Linux and you haven't patched, then your neighbor's kid can see all your traffic. Because <laughs> it's low effort. Right? It is. It is, and that's that's why it's important to patch, because uh, I mean, uh, maybe it may be harder to conduct this exploit on, uh, say, one uh, on one type of system than in another, but uh, but you don't know that as a as a client, you wouldn't know that. So IoT devices, you know, though, what OS do IoT devices run? They could run on Linux. They're running Easy. Linux, and They're did running they Linux, get an update uh, for WPA supplicant? Probably, probably not. not. Yeah. And and that's the other thing. I mean, it's it's always always patch your devices because yeah. you never know, right? And there's iOS devices that aren't getting patched because uh, they're too old. They don't get updates. And same with Android. So like every every business, big or small, has to do what we're do- all doing right now, and that's get a list of. And it should be really handy. Should be easy for you. Get a list um, of all your phones, all the. De- OS versions and device models makes and find out are they updated? Do they even have an update? And if they don't, throw them in a bin, give these people new phones. Yeah, exactly. And you Which know, sucks, I mean, uh, but it does. It does. But the thing is, for an enterprise, they can do this. But yeah. uh, what about uh, what about the average person out there? Do they uh, do they replace their phone on the fly? I mean, after two years, yeah. only because they get a it free one after for the average person. Contract. I was thinking it more does. small, medium-sized business who don't have IT people, let alone security people. Yeah, um, they have credit card data. They have all this PI. Exactly, and that's they're not protected. And they this probably is don't. still as uh, you know, it's always been this way, but they're not protected at all. And like, no. yeah, people are going after Equifax, but if you don't think Joe's Pizza is getting all their credit card data stolen as well, you're on crack. Because yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's happening. They they don't even know. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no one doing threat hunting. No one knows. Like, well, it's just why gone. would they? Right? They're a small business. They figured, well, I'm not going to get attacked, or or if they do get attacked, it's uh, you know, I mean, the probably the damage uh, on uh, on from a macro level scale is not that bad. It's not that 
that big, but for the business owner, it's huge. I mean, it's uh, it could it could uh, ruin their business, right? It could uh, it could be potentially devastating. So even small businesses, small businesses especially, should think about uh, you know, what kind of systems am I using? What kind of what, what where's my credit card data being stored? Uh, what uh, you know sh- sh- uh, you know I, I, they should be definitely looking at patching. You know, patching as uh, as much as they can. And thing is, they don't. At the end of the day, they don't have a lot to worry about. It's unlike a large enterprise where they have to patch like thousands of systems, or ten thousand, or hundred thousand, or whatever, even millions. Um, you know, small businesses may have maybe five or ten devices, right? Especially if something like Joe's Pizza or something. You know. Yeah. So um, it wouldn't be that hard, right? But the thing is, at the end of the day, does somebody uh, like a business person of Joe's Pizza are they technically proficient enough? You know, maybe they can get a friend who is uh, technically proficient that could help them with it, or uh, you know, uh, you know, um, hire somebody who's a who's a uh, who who, uh, who specializes in uh, securing small businesses. You know, if those if people do they don't want to pay for it though. I've yeah. already been there, and they don't want to pay for you to fix anything but they want to call you as soon as they have an incident <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then they don't want to implement any recommendations they give you after the incident yes so, exactly. you want to be a security like, guy learn incident handling because you're going to be doing that a lot yeah absolutely all right moving on from crack so we know all our uh, devices are on crack so uh but uh, there is uh, another issue. Wi-Fi isn't the only thing, as you alluded to with Blueborn. But there's also uh, 4G, 5G, uh, you know, LTE uh, vulnerabilities as well. And uh, this uh, primarily affects uh, IoT devices that use 4G, 5G uh, uh, as a way to uh, send and receive data, and you know, or as a, as a way of managing uh, these devices. So I mean, it's. Um, we have, uh, I know, has anybody, I'm, I'm sure uh, you've heard of Mirai. I mean, Mirai is, uh, is, is essentially a botnet, uh, a piece of malware that creates a botnet that can be used to DDoS uh, a particular target, uh, Krebs being an example. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they could uh, transmit, uh, Mirai can transmit many ways, including uh, exploiting uh, uh, for, uh, vulnerabilities through 4G, 5G. But this, this is interesting. It's uh, this is a weakness in the voice and data convergence technology, which can be exploited to allow cyber criminals to launch DDoS attacks, obviously, because uh, IoT devices are, uh, are uh, because of the ubiquitous nature of them, they're, they're being used at DDoS attacks. I mean, Krebs was hit, what, what, like over 600 gigabytes a second? That's insane. <laughs> Right. I mean, and that's all done through your, you know, your light bulb or your, uh, your, um, your, your heating system, your fridge or whatever. Right. You know, that's all, you know, you basically put a whole bunch of that together and poof, you get 600 gigabytes a second uh, targeting a site. Yeah, I find this, this flaw when I was reading on it, up on it, and I can't even talk too many Guinness today. Uh, <laughs> I guess before 4G, um, Doing voice call and data interception required that attackers had to have like a bunch of knowledge on how those systems worked and special tools and know all the specific protocols and odd shit they were, they were doing. But 4G and above networks are all IP based. So it's yeah. the same shit we're used to using. So it's all those other tools and stuff now 
It's not like exactly. weird tech and weird protocols that people don't understand. And here's the thing. I mean, you look at you look at uh, 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 Wi-Fi vulnerabilities. You look at Bluetooth vulnerabilities. You look at um, and now it's 4G, 5G. Basically, you could potentially have a botnet that that uh, basically uses those as different vectors to attack your devices and launch a, a DDoS attack against uh, against a, against someone. You could, you know that that's that's a potential for that. I mean, uh, pro- uh, probably it does happen already. I mean, um, I mean, uh, all these devices have access to the internet, and they can go in and uh, take over your router if it's vulnerable. You know, I mean. Um, yeah, they can go in. Uh, what was it? It might might be. It's going to be a Wi-Fi router. It's probably not going to use crack because uh, you know that botnet will take forever to form. <laughs> or you know, but they might be using something like Blueborn. They might be using other vulnerabilities. So essentially, the botnet could have. Uh, uh, several vulnerabilities in there that attacks your IoT systems uh, that are connected through your router that uh, that uh, basically attacks so many of them and take them take them over, and what you have and it's uh, as a DDoS uh, as a, as a for a DDoS attack, but that's not just DDoS attacks. You can they can be used as proxy servers. They can be used as uh, as a way of uh, Bitcoin mining, for example. Yeah. Uh, uh, or other cryptocurrencies, uh, they could be used um, uh, for uh, basically uh, whatever the whatever the mind of the hacker. You know, I mean, whatever they whatever whatever they desire, they can be owning your shit, no problem. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I like it. It is. How, is that new botnet, the IoT Reaper? Is that doing anything yet? No, it's just growing. <laughs> no one knows what it's, it's going to do. Oh yeah, Crazy. it's just growing right now. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of other ones out there too. One of the things with this 4G, 5G network flaw, because it allows attackers to hijack your mobile data, sort of made me think that everything that you're sending over any day, any network should always use TLS. Yeah, exactly. Always. There's no need to not have encrypted connections. Every app, not, not just TLS. Every though, app like, you're using, every you know. On your phone, every if you're using a browser, turn on HTTPS anywhere, or use Brave or something. Just make sure that your data is encrypted. Like even better, use a VPN because yeah. even with HTTPS, um, people can still see what websites you're going to and like what's in um, your address bar. Basically, that's going to everybody. The contents is encrypted, but what's in your address bar, everyone's going to see. Yeah, you're and it's the same with your data. ISP. Your ISP yeah. knows everything as well that you're doing. So the VPN VPNs are dirt cheap. Oh, they yeah. work on your phone. They work on your PC. Just, just use and it. The other all thing the time. too is the ISPs, you know, can uh, can uh, they uh, collect this data and then they sell it to the highest bidder, right, for mm-hmm. advertising purposes. And um, and the thing about a TLS is it should be 1.2 or greater. Because of uh, because of uh, other flaws like Heartbleed or uh, uh, there's like uh, Drown or whatever like there's so many of them out there. One point one is not a, broken, right? One point two is the latest. But yeah. I don't think one point one is broken. One zero is. Yeah, exactly. So, but then 1. everything 1, new should be using one point two. Yeah, I, I I'd go with the latest and greatest in this case because uh, it's probably less likely of a flaw than the than previous versions. So one of the good things that Chrome is doing is just it's telling you, or it's not even taking you. If you go to a site that has SSL v3, yeah. Chrome will yeah, just yeah, tell you, you won't go there. this site's unsafe. 
not yeah. taking you there. And that's and same and with TLS 1.0 soon, right? If they don't ex- already, so exactly. And that's that's actually a good thing because uh, I know it can be frustrating at times, but at the end of the day, especially uh, if you don't know, you know, the particulars of where you're going, um, you know, it could be a godsend. Yeah, if you don't have security people and you don't really know what you're doing and you have some web store or website that you're doing something and all of a sudden you get phone calls saying I can't go there then you look at it and you go oh crap for whatever reason it's saying our certificate's bad and they'll make some phone calls to VeriSign or whoever and get told yeah yeah you need to change this you need to change that it's good keeps people a little more on the cutting edge with you know what's safe and what's not exactly I'm sure it pisses people off, and I'm sure it was a a difficult decision to make. Like, are we going to get our web browser to just not allow people to go places and and piss off all these people? Mm. Just because we know it's not safe, we'll just not let our users go there? Yeah. I mean, it's... Like, like, there there is really no excuse for not having uh, a TLS 1.2 certificate. Especially if you're an enterprise. I know a lot of applications running on old versions of Java that won't do TLS higher than 1.0, which is no better, really, than SSL v3. Um, Apps that are running on old versions of .NET, and they're scared to update, so they can't get TLS 1.2, stuck on 1.1. And this happens a lot. A lot. It does. Lot. I'm not surprised. Yeah, it does actually. You're right about that because so it's not. It's not know, always just it. changing your certificate. It's like, well, literally the, you know, the um, the actual, the actual implementation. They're also to running it. ancient versions of Java or whatever, which are like, oh, I know, brutal as well. But yeah, yeah, like it, people are just gonna have to keep up with the pace, and it sucks. But yeah, you're gonna be throwing out the hardware every two to three years and you're going to be especially mobile devices and iot devices cameras and that they're just junk three years just throw them in the bin they're no longer getting patches and you're gonna have to rewrite your software every or at least maybe not rewrite but at least put in the effort to update all your libraries and and regression test all your applications on pretty frequent basis at least yearly yeah, and the other thing, well, the, the thing is, is that uh, even though Mark's right about it, you know, it's not uh, something companies will right. do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> As a security guy, I like to think that there's, like, unlimited budgets for companies to do this stuff. But uh, I wish. And I know there's not, but they're not just going to have to make man. it a cost of doing business. They're just See, going to have to. See, that's where you're wrong. To. You're wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're just going to have to do it because I don't know how much longer people yeah. are going to put up with a constant barrage of of all these things hitting the news right a, a yeah. lot of times we're seeing like you know like the, the deloittes and who put their pgp key up we were oh, talking about it last I week know. but you yeah, know i mean dumb I people doing stuff that. everywhere oh, by and, accident yeah it was by accident or they put well, they the private their, data by yeah, accident no. make available to the public deloitte had you know keys and stuff in code snippets and posts on stuff and paste bin and whatever like it's it's dumb so there's dumb stuff happening but yeah you want to find think some that private people, data people aren't gonna people aren't gonna bin. keep yeah uh, <laughs> people aren't gonna put up with this forever mm. and you know, people who are even putting in the effort it's one of those things right that age old adage for computer security where you know if you're protecting stuff you have to be on the ball you have to have it right all your t's crossed and your eyes dotted 365 but 
the hacker just needs to be right once. Just be lucky. If zero day or something, because you can't patch day one. No. No, we got to patch in tiers and do regression testing. And yeah, someone can hit you when you're when you haven't rolled out to all your servers because you don't know the the responsibility. It's not also the responsibility of the client too. It's the manufacturer as well. You know, I mean, the, 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 a major right. share of the blame and the responsibility should be on the manufacturer. Because changing, you know, I mean, change... Um, Maybe we shouldn't have to patch our Windows servers monthly, right? Yeah, or or uh, have, uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, if you know your, your device is in demand, it's ubiquitous out there as a manufacturer, you know, ending ending support after three years... I'm sorry, but that's not going to cut it. You know, maybe, maybe after five or six or seven or whatever, how many years, right? But uh, three years—that's pretty short. And I know why companies do this. They're not really much longer. Like, uh, and I don't know how consumers can deal with it. You're going to buy the new iPhone X and spend eleven hundred dollars on it, and it's just not going to get years? patched after. after. Yeah, I bought my. It'll be more than two, but four, five, maybe pushing it. Yeah, like, but it's. I, I, it depends. Five C is not getting updates anymore. How? When did that come out? Yeah, it came out like two, two it. years ago, three years ago. Some, but at the same time, it's uh, uh, you know, these devices are out there and they're out there in significant numbers. So, sure, you don't have to sell them, but uh, it's 2013. You, yeah, so it's like four years ago. So I mean, September 10th, 20th. Yeah, so just a, just over four years. So that's not getting updates anymore. So four yeah. years, that's binnable. The C was a cheap one, but. I, I think the 5S might not be getting updates either. Updates Same either, date, yeah. obviously. But, uh, you know, I mean, say after five years, right, then you can stop, uh, depending on the type of device. But if you know, um, uh, especially for enterprise-level grade like devices like cameras or, uh, or um, other forms of, you know, uh, IoT, uh, then, you know, three years, after three years, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's pulling it short. Especially if they buy all these devices in bulk. I mean, you know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these devices in many cases. And so, great. You shouldn't, you know, I mean, not, not, uh, uh, if you want to don't stop selling them after three years, that's one thing. But, but stop making patches for them after three years, that's, that's a completely different thing. I mean, there are businesses out there who don't want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every three years just to replace IoT devices. And this example of the iPhone, that's the best case scenario. They support their devices for much longer, and they can because there's only so yeah. many of them. Um, they don't have that fragmentation problem that Android has. So they can do it, but man, like my parents have cheap Android phones, and like yeah. they never they never get updates ever. So I mean, uh, there are people out there who you know they don't they don't want to. Uh, they're not uh, all that technologically savvy, especially you know older people. And uh, I just uh, I just think that uh, they should still support them, um, you know, at least at least patch them, right? You know, I mean, um, because there you know, there's people there's you know these people out there who have their phones and want to keep them for three or four or five years, right? and there's there's actually quite a, quite a significant number of them too. Yeah, people don't get a new phone every year like us nerds. Yeah, exactly. So, back on topic of this show, I guess uh, the lesson of the day is patch all the things. Absolutely, and that's if there what it comes isn't down to. patches and hasn't been patches for more than a year, throw it away. Yeah, that's all it comes down to. You know, 
And patching, patching is, is pretty much basic hygiene and security. Always patch your devices. Always patch your servers. Always patch your whatever electronic device you have. If you can patch it, patch it. And you know, the methodology ancient, exists. You, know, you can't, like, I know someone has a Tesla and it just OTA patches and, like, it does updates and, like, it, you can't not update your car. Yeah. You just can't. And it does it all automatic. And, like, a phone do it, but it gives you the choice, there, right? right? You could do OTA, not over the air, but over the internet, whatever. You could force firmware OTI, patch yeah. devices, right? <laughs> yeah, OTI over the internet. Yeah. Sounds like UTI. Um, <laughs> maybe you don't want UTIs. Yeah, um, I don't want UTI on my phone. What the? <laughs> my phone is a UTI. Uh, so you could patch, like, force patch Wi-Fi routers and IoT devices, and just patch, quick reboot them. Something. Yeah, like at three in the morning. People aren't going right? to go out of their way and do it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what the answer is. I don't like the idea of my devices running code without me authorizing it, but. But some, but a lot of cases, it's forced patching may be necessary, right? Especially if it, well, if it, especially if it comes from a reputable source like uh, Netgear. Well, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> depends on your. Well, take look at things, Reaper, but, right? IoT yeah. Reaper. IoT Reaper. It's leveraging. I think it's doing some default cred stuff like the other IoT. Yeah, um, they, botnets they we're do doing, it. but it's also exploiting like. You know, eight ten vulnerabilities, and there's a couple of D-Link devices, a Netgear device, some so CCTV devices, and, <laughs> and stuff like that, right? And if you look at these vulnerabilities, you look up the CVEs. Some of them from like 2013, 2014. Yeah, and they probably have never been patched. And there are probably so many devices that have been haven't been patched in like ten years. Look at Configur, right? They haven't <laughs> Configur's still out there after what almost ten years. But yeah, looking at this, this is um, you think uh, if you think uh, you know 4G or 5G or you know 4G LTE is safer than Wi-Fi, well, probably you know from an inter interception perspective, probably a little bit more. But you're still going on the internet, so it doesn't really change all that much to be you know use a VPN exactly. So you just use a VPN, use a Use uh, make sure you got uh, TLS uh, 1.2 or greater working, and uh, yeah, you should be fine. Just like just like you would on your laptop or uh, on your tablet or whatever. It's, it's not that much different at the end of the day. Agreed. Yeah. So anyway, that is the uh, end of our podcast here. Thanks for joining, and uh, we'll see you at the next one. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Whenever it's Dom's week, everything is RF type stuff. That's right. Like, Dom is one of those. He picks God. the topics, and it's like, oh, the you know, Bluetooth, WPA2, 4G, 5G. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, I could tell who the host of the week is just by looking at the topics. It's That's like, right. Oh, yeah, these are all, these are all wireless stuff. That's right. Because I'm the RF God here. Yeah. It's good that we all are into slightly different things, right? Absolutely. Keeps it interesting. All right. Good night, everyone. That was the Two Drop Tables podcast for this week. If you've got comments or feedback, you can visit our website at 2droptables.ca. That's the number 2, droptables.ca. There you can read the show notes and leave a comment on this episode. Or you can email feedback at 2droptables.ca. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find fine podcasts. Just go to our website for convenient links or search your podcasting app for 2droptables. Tables.